Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. We are currently in the middle of our Courageous Faith Summer Sermon Series, focusing on the book of Acts and the courage it takes to be a Christ follower, using the example of the early church and their bold, courageous actions of faith. We are Emmanuel people. You have probably heard the good news that God is with us always. But how do we know when God is with us? Do you ever experience times when you felt like God is not with you? How can we know when God is or isn't with us? In this message of the week from June 20th, guest speaker, Reverend Melissa Gall, shares from the book of Acts chapter 19 to help us answer these questions. Here is the first church message of the week. Our scripture this morning comes from Acts 19 verses 1 through 7. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied, although altogether there were about 12 of them. So again, good morning. I'm so happy to be back at First United Methodist Church in Watertown today. It's always fun to be back at the church of my childhood and young adulthood to be with all of you. My husband Tyler and I still live in Millbank with our children Lydia, who recently turned 11, and Henry, who will be 8 this Thursday. I'm an ordained deacon in the United Methodist Church, and like I said, my appointment from our bishop, my primary appointment is to Millbank School District, where I teach high school English, and I have a secondary appointment to Parkview United Methodist Church in Millbank. So to start off today, I have some questions that I'd like to ask you. Now I have to warn you, the sermon is a little bit interactive, so you're going to have to pay attention and I'm going to have to hear you, and I'm a teacher, so I know how to wait for those answers. (laughs) So my first question is, how do we know when God is with us? Okay, you're not supposed to get there yet. (laughs) I'm going to move on to the second one. Do you ever experience times when you feel like God is not with you? Yes, okay. And how can we know when God in is or isn't with us? Don't answer that one out loud. Now, I'm not going to answer those questions for you right now, but I want you to think about them as we continue through today's message. I also have a favor to ask of you. Anytime you hear the phrase, God with us, or God is with us, or something along those lines, I need you to say Emmanuel out loud. Okay, so let's practice that. God with us. Perfect. So Pastor Jen filled me in that you all have been reading the book of Acts together, and I'm excited to be able to continue in this series called Courageous Faith with you. 
Before we jump right into today's passage, I think we need a little better understanding of the book of Acts and what's happening leading up to today's text first. So that first piece that we need a better understanding of from today's scripture is Apollos. Who is this guy? At the end of chapter 18, just before today's reading, we see a passage about Apollos, a skilled Jewish speaker from Alexandria who is preaching and teaching in Ephesus. Chapter 18, verse 25 tells us that Apollos has been instructed in the way of the Lord, but that he only knew of the baptism of John. Apollos did not yet know that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus had been crucified and resurrected until two believers from Ephesus, named Priscilla and Aquila, pulled Apollos aside and said they explained to him the way of God more accurately. After receiving that further information, Apollos then became a great supporter of Jesus. So let's fast forward to today's passage where we read about Apollos preaching, and then Paul enters the scene. He comes through Ephesus on his travels, and upon entering, he comes across about 12 disciples. Paul questions those gathered, and he says to them, didn't you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? To which they respond, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. So Paul explains to the group that John, the one they had been following up until this point and whom they were disciples of, was actually the one sent to prepare the way for Jesus. They didn't know that there was more to the story. So Paul then lays hands on them, and each is filled with the Holy Spirit at that point. The disciples that Paul happens upon are much like Apollos before being filled in with, as Paul Harvey says it, the rest of the story. They don't know yet about the life of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus until they meet Paul. In this case, and in the case of Apollos, God was with the disciples even before they knew God in the form of his one and only Son, Jesus Christ. So how can we say that God is with us, Emmanuel, and has been with us and will continue to be with us, even in those moments or periods of time when we don't yet understand, like Apollos or the disciples? How can we boldly claim God with us when we aren't even sure? In the Methodist tradition, we understand and believe in a form of grace called prevenient grace. That is, the grace that goes before. Even before the first breath each of us ever took, God has been with us. God's grace has been working in our lives, transforming our hearts, pulling us to him, even before we were formed in the womb. In the time that precedes our understanding and the time that precedes our choice-making and our commitment to the way of the Lord, God has been with us. Emmanuel. Now let's think more about those disciples that Paul encountered and their following of John the Baptist. 
If we think back to the ministry of John, we again realize that John was sent before to prepare the way for Jesus. Not only does he prepare the physical way for Jesus' ministry, but he prepares the hearts and the minds of the people for the life and the ministry that Jesus is about to bring to the table. John is a prophet, and Jesus says in Matthew 2.9, because of his work of preparing the way for Jesus, John is even greater than the other prophets. John, Jesus says, is the one promised by God in Malachi 3.1, where it says, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. John the Baptist, the very one who spends time imprisoned and is often filled with doubt, is the one whom God chose to send before Jesus to prepare the way. He was sent to preach repentance to the masses, to baptize in the water, to teach about the kingdom of God, and to prepare the people for the coming of the Messiah. John is the preparer. But even in the midst of John's calling to be the one to prepare the people for the coming of Christ, John is the least of these because he still has to learn to be a disciple of Jesus. John, the one who preceded Jesus, must now learn how to follow him. The one who prepared the way for Jesus must now receive him, just as Apollos received him, just as the disciples received him, just as we receive him. Now, wouldn't it have made sense for those disciples to continue following John the Baptist? They were successful at it until that point, so it might have just been easier for the 12 of them to be John's groupies. Now, haven't you found that choosing the life of following Christ is the easy choice? Would you say that, that following Christ is the easy way? No. This is where we have to have courageous faith. Following John might have been fine for a time, and it was fine up until then. But once the disciples knew the gospel story of Jesus' life and ministry, his death and resurrection and ascension, they, like Apollos, like us, could not continue on following their original path. The tables had turned for them. So many of you know that I disregarded and outright ignored my calling into ministry for many years before finally listening to God's voice and God's calling. But I have said so many times since answering that call that even in my disobedience, even in my time of wandering, God was putting the right people in my life. God gave me experiences in that time that allowed me to gather and nurture the skills I would need in ministry. Even as I wandered, God was preparing my path for me. And the truth of the matter is that I could not see in full the purpose of those people and places and experiences and events that God was preparing for me. But when I said, yes, God, the path then became more clear, my self-inflicted blinders were removed, 
And I was able to see the goodness that God had been working on all along. I had to take a courageous leap of faith in order to see exactly what God had prepared for me. God with us. Emmanuel. It takes courageous faith to follow Jesus instead of John. It takes courageous faith to stand up to a bully. It takes courageous faith to walk away from an abusive job. It takes courageous faith to go to church camp by yourself for the first time. Every leap of faith takes a measure of courageous faith in order to take that first step. Now think back to those questions that I asked you at the beginning. Doesn't it seem easy to feel that God is with us? It seems easy when life is going smoothly, doesn't it? We see God and we feel God with us when work is going well, when the bills are paid, the car is working, our relationships are healthy. And I also think it's easy to sense God with us when special events happen, right? When there's weddings, the birth of a new baby, a college graduation, getting that new job you worked so hard for. But what about in the hard times? Doesn't it feel impossible to feel like and acknowledge or even recognize that God is with us when life is hard? Through the loss of a job, an ended relationship, the loss of a loved one, in a pandemic, we oftentimes feel like there's no way God could possibly be here with me in this situation. Sometimes we feel like we've messed up too many times. We've sinned too badly for God to be with us anymore. And then there are other times I think we feel like we don't even want God with us. We essentially tell God, hit the road, Jack. I've got this by myself. But guess what? This is where the most courageous faith is needed. To seek God's presence as we lay on our backs in the deepest of valleys, in the darkest of places, looking up at the mountains that we've struggled to climb, perhaps even the mountains we've fallen from. And to take God's hand, to be pulled off of our rock-bottom backs, and recognize that God is always with us. That takes courageous faith. So let me ask you those opening questions again, but I want to reframe them a bit, and I just want you to think about them. First, how do you feel knowing that God is always with you? Second, how do we know that God is never apart from us? And last, how can we share the good news with others that God is with us? Let us go and be an Emmanuel people, knowing that God the Father, through Christ the Son, powered by the Holy Spirit, is living in and through us in every way, every day. Amen. Would you pray with me? Loving God, 
Sometimes we have a hard time remembering that you are always with us. Sometimes we don't want to acknowledge it. Sometimes we just can't see it. But God, you have been living in and through us since before we even were. Help us to remember that this day and every day, that in all that we do and in all that we mess up, that God, you are faithful and you are with us. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.